Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Trophy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, covering TBT for ESPN this weekend and into next week. And speaking of TBT, my partner back in Columbus, Dan Dockage of ESPN, will be joining us on the pod this week. We'll be talking about college basketball, the implications of the Texas OU jump to the SEC, and much more coming your way in just a moment. But first, our Jersey Mike's news and notes of the week. NBA draft went down, and we salute our Naismith winners, the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham, going to the Pistons. He was our 2020 Jersey Mike's Boys High School Player of the Year out of Mount Verde. And a couple of college guys, of course, that we have saluted all season long, and we encourage you to go back and listen to their interviews on the podcast. Our Jersey Mike's Naismith National Player of the Year. Luca Garza was drafted in the second round. He goes also to the Detroit Pistons. And Davion Mitchell, our National Defensive Player of the Year out of Baylor, the number nine overall pick headed to the Sacramento Kings. The Olympic basketball tournament, of course, continues. They're still in pool play. The men are up next on Sunday morning. And that's an 8 a.m. Eastern time game against the Czech Republic. And the women will next play on Monday morning, Sunday night, 12.40 a.m. Eastern time against France. My interview with Dan Dockage after this from Jersey Mike's. If Jersey Mike's turkey had a resume, it would say it's 99% fat-free and raised without antibiotics. But our turkey already has its dream job at Jersey Mike's because premium meat makes a sub above. Great to be with Dan Dockage, my TBT partner here in Columbus, Ohio. Getting ready for the last two games of this regional. Isn't this a fun event? This is a great event. You know, it, it's interesting. We were doing this um, however many years ago when it started, and it's fun to see how much better the play is. You know, people, if you don't take this seriously, you're going to go home. That's it. You don't practice. If you think you're just putting a group of guys together, you're not. you got to put together a real team, and I think that's the cool part of it. And for college basketball fans, you saw these guys play a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, and you see them now as polished professionals and for the most part. And, boy, these guys turned out good. Yeah, damn good. You know, they, they have a Ph.D. in basketball. I mean, let's be honest. Overseas, you go play, and you're practicing two times a week or two times a day. You may have two games, so you have a lot of practice in between. And you just get better. Your body gets bigger. Your body gets stronger. And they literally make the right cut, the right pass, more than anything you'll see other than maybe the NBA. They just do because they're pros. And the, what gets in the way with some of these teams is ego because these games are on ESPN and all of a sudden, hey, wait a second, I only got 10 minutes on ESPN. I need more time. That's why I say the teams that are teams – that put all that aside and just say, you know what, we got to win this game, this particular game, and I think it's great. Dan, so much going on in college athletics. The big news, of course, last week was Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 to join the SEC, and everybody feels like that's going to trigger another round of, of conference realignment. It's all driven by football, but this is not a football podcast. What's it going to do to college basketball? That's the big question, I think. Well, I think it remains to be seen. I'm curious to see what happens with a school like Kansas. You know, Kansas is in the American Association of Universities, which is what 13 of the 14 Big Ten teams are. So is Iowa State. Now, the only team that's not was Nebraska, and they, they were in when they came into the Big Ten, and they dropped out. Apparently, the Big Ten feels strongly that you must be a member of that. So I look at those two schools and say, wait a second. 
you know, for the Big Ten, just college basketball. Kansas, great addition to any league, obviously, one of the story programs. Iowa State uh, needs to pump itself back up. Steve Fromm is out, new coach in there, great facility. Uh, but I think what it's really going to do is it's going to be a continuation of excellence in the SEC. I really believe that the SEC, with the coaches that they have hired of late, I think the SEC is really on the upswing in basketball. We all know how great football is in the SEC. It obviously makes that league go to a different level. But in basketball, you know, you've got a team like Oklahoma, Final Four, not too many years ago. You've got a team like Texas, Final Four. Uh, capabilities, certainly great players in both states, great players, great coaches. I think it elevates um, – it elevates the SEC, continues to elevate the SEC, but it also is going to be interesting what's going to happen with those teams coming out of the Big 12. Because remember, Big 12 just won a national championship in Baylor. Year before that, or two years before that, I can't remember now, Texas Tech goes to the championship game. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about Kansas. We're talking about those two schools. So the Big 12 and basketball have been exceptionally good, uh, certainly in the tournament over the last couple of years. But I'm really anxious to see the domino effect of Kansas, Iowa State, see where they end up. What do you think is going to become of the Gonzagas, the Daytons, the VCUs, the Butlers that don't play big-time football? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, we talk about super conferences, and those super conferences are all not those schools. You know, those, they're, they're not. I could see a scenario. Now, again, Butler is already in uh, the Big East. The, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, where Creighton is already in the Big East. You know, you're talking about in Butler, a private school, in, in Creighton, uh, a religious school. Well, same thing with Gonzaga. I can see a time where a school like Gonzaga decides, all right, we're going to get in the Big East, which would be ridiculous, right? There's no more West Coast <laughs> team than that. But I could see that. I could see this whole thing becoming, um, even, even at the level of not playing football. I could see within five to 10 years, this whole thing becoming, for lack of a better word, super league, super conferences. Um, I, can see, I can see football and I can see the Big 10, maybe the ACC, certainly the SEC and possibly the Pac-12 becoming four super leagues, but I could also see the Big 10 swallowing up a West Coast team or two. Now, I'm not saying Gonzaga because they don't play football, but I am saying USC. I don't know. UCLA is not in, in the American, uh, the university league that I was talking about. So I can see that. Nothing would surprise me, but it would not surprise me to see Gonzaga at some point in the Big East, which wow. is weird. That is weird. That, which is weird. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. It has changed the landscape. It kind of looks to me like the wild, wild west uh, all the things that used to get caught for yeah. now are fine and encouraged. I would not like to be in corporate sales for the university athletic department anymore because the money is going to the guys. Yeah. What do you think about all this? Well, I, I, I'm not, I've never had a problem with pl pl players being paid um, extra. I, but don't tell me they weren't paid already because every morning my, my, my brother would punch me as he got up at 5 a.m. to go to work at Scott Ladd Foods in a warehouse, and I didn't have to because I had a full ride, and he didn't. I used to tell him, man, you should have practiced harder. What the hell were you doing? <laughs> I think it's great. I, I think that um, the interesting thing for me from a coaching perspective is going to be money distribution among a team. Who's going to make the money? Is the quarterback going to make the money, the lineman not? How is that going to affect the team? Is a guy that's a starting guard going to make more money than the backup, and all of a sudden the backup is starting over this guy? Is that going to affect the team? What's going to happen when some booster 
uh, legally is paying a player, but that player's struggling and Coach Benson benches him. Now, does that booster? There's all kind of those kind of things, but the premise of players being able to make money off of their own image, camps. You know, I know John Calipari is working uh, with a group called Pro Camps, and it's a very good group. Uh, Tremendous, and he's doing that with his players. There's going to be camps around different places. I think it's all really good. I think that players themselves need to be a little bit careful on who they're dealing with and what contracts they're signing because, as we've seen, even at the highest levels of professional basketball, guys get into agreements that think or that they think are one thing and they turn out to be another, and I would hate to see that. I think schools are doing as good a job as they can possibly do in, in my conversations with coaches and administrators of trying to educate because there's tax implications. People think that, well, you know, these players are going to get blindsided by tax. No, they're not because the schools that I've talked to have we monthly, if not weekly, meetings on this. Um, the one problem, and this is going to be interesting, a lot of coaches don't know what's what we can and cannot do, like what's legal and what's not legal. The general feeling is basically everything's legal. I mean, if you really want to know the truth, right. but maybe it is, maybe it isn't, we'll see. The one question that was kind of going over in my mind about NIL and how it all works and how it's going to play out is just what you mentioned, you know, Uncle Sam. I mean, you've got to have your house in order when it comes to your finances. And I think when I was 18, 19, I don't know that no I could chance. have handled any of that stuff. I hope they're getting some someone to advise them. Well, every college, every coach that I've talked to said they absolutely are. Uh, but that doesn't make it easy. You know, that doesn't even, you know, I'm 58 years old. When that tax bill comes, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. You know what I mean? Like, what do we got to do? Um, but every coach that I have talked to says, you know what, we feel like that's our obligation is to make daggone sure that they don't all of a sudden get blindsided. Next thing you know, they got a 4000 5000 whatever $1,000 bill, and they haven't saved any money for it. They haven't allotted the funds for it. I think, I think that won't be a problem, but that's not to say somebody isn't going to get caught up in that. Hell, the smartest people in the world. You know, Capone didn't go to jail for murder. Capone went for tax evasion. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, over history, taxes are difficult to figure. Yeah. Well, Double D, Great to see you, partner. Great to see you, too. You kidding me? It's a, I'm with a legend. Whenever I get to be with a legend, I stand. I sit up a little stronger and try to enunciate my words a little clearer. I've been working on my ad-libs all day to Thank get you. ready for you. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. All right. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. More next week. Please rate and review. We're here every week, 52 weeks out of the year, with college basketball news and great content, great interview guests, and we appreciate you being a part of that. Please download and leave a rating and review, and we can get the word out to many more college basketball fans around the world. Thanks so much for joining us from Dayton, Ohio this week. From all of us at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathbun saying so long.